Hello, and welcome to our podcast series Inside Impact Investing. My name is Rosa Veldmeijer. I'm fund manager at Triodos Investment Management. And together with experts from the field, I'm diving into current hot topics within the impact investing industry. Today's topic is the Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation, the SFDR, which has taken full effect only the beginning of this year. It is part of the EU Sustainable Finance Action Plan. The SFDR is a sustainability-related disclosure framework for financial market participants. It focuses on the integration of sustainability risks and the consideration of adverse sustainability impact in the investment process. Now, since the implementation, there has been some criticism on its effect. But the recent consultation, which closed only December the 15th, nevertheless seems a bit early. Both the Dutch Financial Market Authority, AFM, and Tridos IM have published a position paper on how to improve the SFDR. So it's interesting to find out what the overlap and or differences are. I'm discussing this with Zoe de Chatel, Senior Supervision Officer at AFM, and Hadewig Kuiper, Managing Director at Tridos Investment Management. A welcome uh, to you both. Zoe, starting with you, why do you think the European Commission has published the consultation already now? What do you think of the timing of this consultation? I don't know the exact timing uh, or reasoning behind this uh, specific timing. Uh, what I know is that mostly for uh, new legislation, a review is planned already ahead when legislation is implemented. But I don't know the specificities of this case. And I agree that this consultation may feel a bit early because, yes, uh, the SFDR was implemented in 21 and technical standards were only implemented at the beginning of this year. So it is quite early. On the other hand, I think there is some general agreement that the SFDR as it is right now is not functioning optimally. And that is proven by the use of the SFDR's labels, where we all agree that it, it's not meant for that. But it's also shown by consumer research because uh, consumers do not understand SFDR disclosure. So I think there are reasons to start this consultation now. Um, maybe some things could be solved by giving uh, financial market participants a bit more time to get used to the legislation and maybe by even providing more clarity. But I think some of the flaws can be amended by giving the market more time to work with this legislation. So I think a review is useful. And if we want to do it, we can do better do it now than wait much longer. And so these concerns that you are just referring to, is that also the reason why AFM was one of the first to publish its position paper on improving the SFDR? Yeah, that was one of the reasons. I think in general, uh, we see an important role for the financial sector in enabling the transition towards a more sustainable uh, economy. And in order to do so and to facilitate investors in making uh, those sustainable investments, we think transparency is very important. That's why we paid a lot of attention to the implementation of the SFDR in the market in the recent years. And that's why we also think it's important that we share our insights uh, that we uh, gain to all that work with the markets. And uh, you, you ask why we published our position paper quite early. Well, of course, we want to, to steer the discussion that on this topic and um, yeah, so 
we have some views, and those are both our, our views that we have from supervisory work, but also views that are from consumer research. So I think it's important to also incorporate that uh, perspective. And uh, yeah, if we have those, it's, it's better to share them early than uh, in a later stage. And we also wanted to start a discussion because uh, we propose certain direction, but we're also open for discussion. And that's also what we did in the last months after publishing the position paper is talking to Lots of market participants about their views and also reactions to our, our position paper. So we're also open for uh, discussion. Well, I think uh, you certainly stirred the discussion uh, with your position paper. Hadewig, over to you. As a market practitioner, what is the first experience Tridos IM has had with the SFDR? Well, indeed, as a practitioner of the SFDR, we had to be honest, quite some work to make it happen. So it was not an easy ride. But I think what has really worked out well is that the European regulator has achieved that we all, all market participants, really discuss the topic. So there is a lot of awareness that investment products can be, should be sustainable. And I think also a big understanding that it's not a universal truth, what is sustainable, and it's really needed to define it. So I think that acknowledgement is there. That's a good step forward. And also the understanding that it's, yeah, we need regulation to prevent greenwashing, to enforce transparency in the sector. So that's all good news and a step forward in the industry. I think for investors, they do realize that they need to look further than the regulation. They really need to look in the product. What's under the hood? What's actually in the portfolio to have a proper judgment? And that's still a lot of work and quite complicated, particularly for retail investors, for example. So uh, all in all, good progress uh, and still work to do. If we go back to why the origination of the SFDR, why was it developed? And the main goal was to reorient capital flows towards sustainable investments. Now, if you look at the SFDR, there are three articles. Article 6, no sustainability. Article 8, which promotes environmental and social characteristics. And Article 9, those are products that have sustainable investments as their objective. Zoe, if I ask this question to you, has this goal been achieved? Do we actually see that more money is flowing into Article 8 and 9 funds? To be honest, I don't think we have the data to actually see if this goal has been uh, met. What we see is studies into the inflows and outflows into Article 8 and 9 products and Article 6 products. Uh, and then we see that there is a reclassification from Article nine products to article eight products but in itself this data for me is not very meaningful because as as Hadalif already mentioned investors but also we have to look what's in the actual product so what's underneath that uh, classification uh, as article eight or nine or even six so I think it would be more meaningful to have data on the percentages of taxonomy aligned investments percentages of sustainable investments or even the number of funds that take into account negative impacts. So I think at the moment we do not have the, the data available to actually measure uh, the reaching of those goals, apart from the data that we have on in and outflows of, of into 
the specific articles, Article 8 or 9. But yeah, I think we do not have the right data to actually say if the goal has or has not been uh, met. But I do think it is important to measure those kind of things. And then we should focus on, on the actual investments and find appropriate indicators there. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And Hadewig, what is in your view the biggest flaw in the current SFDR? The biggest flaw, I would say that it's meant only for sustainable products at the moment. So we have a full disclosure regulation that only is mandatory for products that call themselves sustainable. And all the other products don't have to disclose anything. That is seriously a big flaw, in my view, for two reasons. First of all, I really believe that investors who want to do sustainable investments, they need comparison with all the investment products at hand. They need the same basic information on sustainability. And mind you, that is both positive impact, or how you want to call it, but also the negative impact the adverse impact on our planet, on our people. And if that's not comparable across all investment products, you're not really helping the end investor making an informed decision. So that's the first problem, the biggest. The second is a bit more about our industry. If you only have these rules for sustainable funds, there's no level playing field. These funds need more disclosures, need to get data in, they need to do the research well, they need to do all the efforts for disclosing, that's adding costs, that's a lot of work. And if you have a very harmful investment product, you don't have these costs, you don't have to disclose anything. It's like if you bring an apple to the market, uh, you have to come with a full list of disclosures, whereas you bring a package of cigarettes to the market, you can just do without anything. Well, that lack of level playing field is not good in any industry. Um, so that also needs to be resolved. If I can interrupt you, because the reason for that is it was f the fight against greenwashing. Partly. So that part, I think, is important in the regulation. But that is not the ultimate goal. If you look at the SFDR as part of the sustainable finance agenda of Europe, the ultimate goal and the aim, like Zoe was also saying, is to, to drive more capital to sustainable investments, to economic activities in Europe that help our society. And we want investors, citizens of Europe, to actually invest in those companies, in those projects. So yes, greenwashing is important to prevent by actually saying what is in the product, But if you only do it for products that call themselves sustainable and don't have any disclosure for harmful products, that's not the right way of doing it. And because I interrupted you, you were talking about the biggest flaws in the sustainable finance disclosure regulation. Are there any others you would like to mention? Well, clearly, if you look at proposals that both the AFM and we are doing, there's a bit more. I'm very happy that the AFM indeed was so early. And also trying to get it, the disclosures for all investment products. So we really uh, appreciate that part. I think what we have seen, the difference between Article 8 and 9 is difficult. The definition of Article 8 is way too large and too diverse. So we need a solution for that. And the fact that the whole market has used it, not intentionally, but that's the way it works as a label, tells us there is a clear need 
for clear categories and actually a system that helps the labeling. So although it was not meant in the first place as labels, and we shouldn't do that with the Article 8 and 9, the market is really helped by clear labels with clear categories. So that's the focus of the new proposals. Yeah, so we're going to talk about labels uh, in a minute. But before we do, one other question uh, to you, Zoe. What strikes me is that information on the principal adverse impact indicators is currently reported at entity level. And to me, it sounds very unlogical because it makes it difficult, if not impossible, for retail investors to have a full overview of sustainability information on a financial product. So in other words, products are just not comparable. What is your opinion? Would it make more sense to publish this data at a product level? Yeah, I agree with that point. I think for investors, they are interested in what's happening at product level and not at what's happening at entity level. At least maybe some investors are interested what happens at entity level, but most investors will be interested what happens at product level. So yeah, I think it would be make more sense to report those indicators at product level. And as Hadevi was saying, then we should think about a minimum set of indicators that would be mandatory for all products. So uh, see what's happening for sustainable products, but also see what's happening for non-sustainable products because all products um, make an impact, a negative impact on sustainability and that information should be accessible for all products so that uh, investors can compare products on the positive side, but also on a negative uh, side. You both uh, already touched on the labeling. AFM is proposing to transform the SFDR into a labeling system with a stricter definition of sustainable investments. Because as you say, under the current SFDR, this norm is left open. Could you elaborate on what the AFM is proposing on the labeling? Yeah, I think we want to combine the SFDR with a labeling regime. So I think it's good to mention that labels will always be optional. So if you don't want to use a label, that's okay. But then you should also be mindful about the naming of your products. But uh, labels should be optional, I think. But yeah, we, we've seen in the markets and also with consumers that there is a need for guidance in selecting products. And at the moment, Article 8 and 9 classifications are used for that. But they're not suited for that. So we're proposing to introduce uh, different categories or labels, however you want to uh, name it. And we try to make those labels in line with the expectations and objectives that investors have when it comes to sustainable investing. And there we saw a difference of expectations that consumers have. They want to make impacts. And when they do, they want, some investors want to do ethical investing or value-aligned investment where they invest in investments that are already sustainable. But there are also uh, investors who are interested in making the, the biggest difference and they are open to investing in companies that may not yet be sustainable but have a potential to become sustainable. So yeah, the so-called transition investment. And along those lines, we propose three labels and a fourth category for all other products that we think could be helpful, especially for retail investors for selecting sustainable financial products. And we propose labels and we also link some quality requirements to those labels or categories, as you want to name it, because we think it's very important that if you introduce labels that are used, they should have some minimum quality requirements in order for investors to actually be able to rely on those labels. 
because otherwise you get the same thing as you have now with Article 9. You actually have to look into the underlying product to see what's actually happening. And by setting some quality requirements, at least for a retail investor who wants to make a more easy decision by being able to depend on the label or the category of a product. That also means that you are quite confident that you are able to come up with a good definition of what these labels entail. Yeah, well, that's a difficult task. I, uh, we must be honest about that. And we try to look for what is already there. But uh, you were mentioning the definition of sustainable investments. Well, that is a hard one. As we see now, there's a lot of differences in how a sustainable investment is classified. And I think that that is not something we can or, or want to solve. I think uh, we have the EU taxonomy, which is an important part of legislation that can be used for all activities that are covered under the EU taxonomy. So if you invest in an activity that is covered under the EU taxonomy, I think we can agree or we think that that activity should meet those criteria because we all agree for most of the activities that uh, there are some exceptions uh, for the gas and the nuclear where there was some political discussion about that. But the other activities, we mostly agree on that those, if they meet those criteria, that they are sustainable. So if you want to qualify one of those activities as sustainable, they should meet the criteria. But then the taxonomy only covers environmental objectives, so no social objectives. And also if it comes to innovation, I think that was mentioned earlier, then you can also, eh, there can uh, become new activities that are not covered by the taxonomy yet. So we need to leave room for um, own definitions of sustainable criteria that can be developed by financial market participants who offer products. However, what we see happening now is that sustainable investment should have a positive contribution to either an environmental objective or social objective. And on the other hand, it should do no harm. It should do no significant harm to any of the other objectives. And I think especially the second part is not always filled in as it should be. And it's quite easy to say, oh, well, there's a positive contribution and I don't see any proof of significant harm. So it's a sustainable investment. And we think at that point of do no significant harm principle, there should be at least more prescriptive rules on how financial market participants should establish that. So for example, we could require them to at least set minimum criteria for yeah. uh, a few indicators, for example, CO2 emission or energy use or violence. Uh, there are a few indicators in the current list that can be useful for that. So that would be a solution. There are also discussion about making the legislators setting uh, minimum requirements for what is considered significant harm. That could also be an option, but I think the financial market participants could do it themselves as well. But yeah. they should be transparent and they should work with actual criteria that we can actually check if we want to. And if an investor is interested in it, he can see whether it is actually being done the way it is supposed to be done. So yeah, we need more rules, but again, we also need to leave space to determine what is sustainable for the financial market participants, because we can have different views on what is sustainable. We certainly can. And, and just to be clear, because you started answering this question by saying that the labeling is optional, but do I understand it correctly that the AFM wants all products to report on a minimum set of requirements, irrespective yes. of the label, right? There should be a level playing field. Yes, no, we do. 
But if you want to call yourself a transition product, then we say, well, then you should meet certain quality requirements and yeah. extra disclosure requirements. Right. But if you have no ambition to use any of those terms or labels, then you should still meet a set of minimum disclosure requirements. Yes. And Hadewig, turning to you, what do you think of this proposal from AFM? Do we agree? <laughs> On certain elements, definitely we agree. And I really like the nuanced approach because it is difficult and nuance is helpful here. So partly defined by regulators, partly room for the market to define it. As already mentioned, we also like this element that it's applicable to all market participants and all investment products. We strongly agree there. I do think the proposal of AFM, first of all, it's a very good proposal in terms of very well thought through and trying to solve it. I'm afraid as a practitioner in the market, I do see some risks here and that has to do with the complexity. There are still many labels, many new names that are open for interpretation. The AFM uses the difference whether it's the investor contribution impact or the company's impact. What we see in daily practice that already that difference is for many people too difficult. Only in the industry we understand that uh, slight difference, but it's just too complex. You yourself, you mentioned definitions. It's very difficult to make them in a way that they're not time-bound and not open for too much interpretation. And why we think that complexity is an issue and why we're so concerned that we get more confusion in the market. And after SFDR, we need less confusion. First of all, for the end investor, but also for the market participants. What we hadn't foreseen is the effect of what's called the practice of green hushing or green bleaching, that due to that confusion or things being open for interpretation, some market participants say, this is basically too uncertain, too difficult, there's too much legal risk, reputation risk, let's not call it sustainable. Even if the investment activity itself is sustainable. Well, that's an effect that we definitely not want. This is opposite of the goal of the whole regulation and the European agenda. So that's why uh, new labels and new namings and a bit too complex and having for each category, different disclosure requirements is not easy enough. And typically in our financial industry, we have the tendency to make things very complex and uh, mystification happening. And we should take the end investor and its advisor at the bank at the core of the new setup. And so what would be the solution then that Triedel's Investment Management yeah. has uh, announced? So we have made a proposal and trying as hard as AFM to come up with a proposal as well, taking some elements the same as I said. And what we propose is a categorization of five simple categories, all with the same disclosure requirements. Three things. Basically say, what's the degree of sustainable investments in your product? Do you apply negative adverse impact in your investment selection? And whether you use exclusions, yes or no. And then you have per category percentages and you cannot apply yes or no. These five would work for all investment products, also for the ones that want to invest in transition assets. Like Zoe was saying, very important to have that included. And of course, we're aligned in having the same minimum sets of indicators to disclose for all categories, no matter what label. 
So we believe by having not new requirements and having the same disclosure requirements for all the categories, it will be way easier for the end investor and particularly his or her advisor to compare the products and make an informed decision. And then these five categories, they have like an anonymous label, like a one yeah. to five or A to... Yeah, we deliberately e. choose for one to five or A to E and not names. Well, that's open for discussion. We feel that's easier to understand. It's more close to what the end yeah, citizens, investors, retail consumers, just people also know in the industry, whether they uh, in the energy labels, we do it that way. In the food scores, nutrition scores, we do it that way. Easy to grasp and very intuitive to understand. That's what we aim for. Quite some similarities, but the devil is in the detail how it should be introduced. Uh, there's a difference in the, in standpoint. Hadwig, what is according to you the biggest challenge that Tridels Investment Management is facing with the introduction of the SFDR at the moment and, and how is Tridos EM dealing with this? Well, I think like everyone is saying data, 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 not so much in the public market, but more in private markets, not so much with big companies, more with small companies in the bonds. We work a lot. We do many investments in emerging markets, working there with smaller companies where we want to advance the impact and the sustainability. So there it's hard to get the data. What do we do? improve it we need a bit of time data providers are improving fast so on the public markets i have less of an issue and on the private side we need a bit more standardization and we're working with all our investees to get there so that will take some time but we're getting there i hope another challenge might be the interpretation from the regulators is getting stricter and stricter like in taxonomy i think we should all look at the percentages they're really low And that's for a reason. I think we can say as Triodos Investment Management, we are amongst applying the strictest positive criteria, but also negative impact criteria. And we even have hard time to do the full assessments exactly according the technical standards that the regulators are opposing on us. And I see it with every market participant, hence the low percentages in taxonomy, for example. So therefore, in our proposal, you also see reference still to the definition of sustainable investments according SFDR Article 2. We think that it's good to give room to the market to give clarity what, why they think it is sustainable and be held accountable for that. A question to the both of you. Do you have a final message to the legislator who now has to go through all these consultation replies? Yeah, well, I would... Quickly, like to react to Hadith's uh, statement about your proposal for labels, and I think it's good to mention we have the same objective because we want to add simplicity and make it, especially for retail investors, easy to assess the degree of sustainability of a product. But I think where we differ from uh, what uh, the, the the point of view for Tridos is that we think that. You shouldn't develop a hierarchy between sustainable products because a transition product can be just as good as a product that is already in investments that are fully sustainable. So that is, I think, a point where we differ. But I think we both have the same objective. We want to create something that is understandable for investors, especially retail investors, but also workable for advisors. So if the European Commission goes ahead with proposing labels, we should test them and see 
if they're understandable, if they're workable. And I agree the definitions underlying it are not perfect and they probably will never become so, but it's at least an attempt to make it better. So I think uh, that is something to keep in mind with all proposals. We need to focus on making it easier for the investor to Definitely. invest into sustainable activities. We need yep. to make the system also add the framework more fair by creating a minimum disclosure requirements on sustainability for all products. So a negative impact for all products is visible and comparable. And yeah, do all that, but keeping in mind that we also need to make it simple and also put it into practice for uh, financial market participants. Yes, well, that sounds like a shared common uh, ground. Well, thanks a lot, Zoe and uh, Hadwig, for sharing your thoughts. I think we can conclude that we both would welcome a minimum level of disclosure for all funds to create a level playing field. And that we are both in favor of converting the current transparency regime into a labeling uh, regime. So retail investors can easily see which products which product is more or less sustainable, which isn't uh, the case at the moment. Thanks a lot for tuning into our podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and we're very curious to hear your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Until next time. <laughs>